Grace and peace are yours through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from Hebrews chapter 11, beginning with verse 37. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. This is God's word. Wait a second. This is victory? I'm Marcus Nelson. I'm a pastor at St. Paul's in North Mankato, the Wells Church in Lower North, and also at the Beacon Campus Ministry up on the MSU campus. And I think about things like victory conditions sometimes. I'm an admitted board game nerd and have a small collection and like to play with the college students on our first Thursday night of the week for board game night. And you think about victory conditions. Wait a second, this is victory? Usually if you think about what the conditions for victory are in a board game, they're the, the things you have to accomplish to see if you've won the game. If you play pandemic, then you have to make sure that all four viruses are cured. And then as a team, you win the game. If you play Azul, then you wait until someone finishes the first horizontal layer of tiles, and then you count up your points, and the person who has the most points is declared the victory, the, the victor. There's some games out there, maybe like the card game Gloom, where you try and do the very worst and get the lowest amount of points and have the, the most terrible things happen, and then you're the victor, the victor, but that's the exception, not the rule in board games. It's usually the, the most points wins, the person who does the very best. You think about victory conditions in the election today. Uh, victory conditions won't necessarily be the one who wins the popular vote, but you have all the states and the electoral college, and in the end, probably not today, we'll eventually see what the victory conditions are and who won. It's strategic. Politicians play to win, and the victory conditions might not always seem clear, but you and I are praying for a peaceful, a fair, um, and an uneventful election after this, so that there can be a peaceful transition of power or continuation of power. Victory conditions. This section from Hebrews comes at the end of Hebrews chapter 11. It's a section we sometimes call the heroes of faith section. We're gathered together here this week on All Saints Week where we're supposed to be looking at victory. What does victory look like? And earlier in the chapter, there's examples of wonderful things God had done through these Old Testament believers 
who had faith created by God in a Savior who was to come. But we get to the end, and I have to say, this doesn't look like victory. Wait a second, this is victory? Take a look at some of those things that they hold up for us to look at. And the first one is people were being stoned to death. That doesn't look like victory, to have stones thrown on you until you die, like some of the prophets had happened to them. They were sawed in two. Tradition tells us that Isaiah was sawed in half by King Manasseh. It's not in the Bible, but he gives these examples of Old Testament believers who were persecuted. It doesn't look like winning conditions. We have these other words like they were destitute. They went around in sheepskins and goatskins. They didn't have power and affluence and all the beautiful things, but instead they they ran away in hiding because they were on the team of the victor? Because they, they were winning? It sure doesn't look like it. Wait a second, is this victory? And then we have that last phrase where it says, they were commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. There was this promise that they were looking forward to, a Savior who would come and finally crush sin and Satan and death, and they didn't even see him. They looked forward to something, but you wonder, did they know that they had the right victory conditions? How about your life? Does it look like you have all the conditions met for victory? If you look over your life and try and analyze, am I living a victorious life right now? I imagine that a lot of times you'll come up with the same answers as I do. Victorious when there's there's sickness all around me, when there's death in my family and among my friends, this doesn't look like victory. Victory when every day I try and go to battle against this sin that lives inside of me that keeps on tempting me to think the wrong thing, say things that hurt others, or do things that are against God's will, and so often I can't put up the fight any longer and I just fall into sin again, that's not victory, that's defeat. And sometimes maybe we feel like those Old Testament prophets who were persecuted and mistreated even by other believers. As you get into conflict and fights, maybe someday as you're serving at a church and you have great ideas and people just shut them down and you think, what's the point? Everything just feels like defeat instead of victory. When we look at the victory conditions for Christians, for any single human, we see that the victory conditions are to keep God's law perfectly. It's a life of faithfulness. To be a true hero of faith who never steps away from faith, who is always faithful and perfect as God is perfect, never a sinful thought, word, or actions. And we have to come to the conclusion that there's no way we can meet the victory conditions for this life. Instead, we have to admit that we're defeated every time we step up to the table. And that's called repentance. Turning away from our defeat, turning away from our sinfulness, and turning to God for forgiveness. Turning to God and looking across the table and seeing 
another player in this cosmic competition, Jesus. What were the victory conditions for Jesus? Well, they're the exact same as us because the true God from heaven came down and he also became a true person like we are. So he needed to keep God's law too, just as the humans had to. And we had to be punished and die for our sins. So he stepped into our place. The victory conditions were a perfect life of faithfulness and our Savior Jesus met every single condition for us. But at the end, it still didn't look like victory. We might say, wait a second, this is victory as we look at a cross? As we look at a dying man in his last breaths, wait a second, this is victory? But he said it was. He proved it was. On the cross, he says, it is finished. It's completed. It's won. All victory conditions have been met. Your sin is paid for in full. And then he died. Only for God to raise him again to prove that the victory had counted and that the victory was yours. So it's finished. The victory is yours. And now through faith in Christ, you can see past all the things that are going on in this world and know that even though it doesn't always look like victory, even though your life doesn't usually look like victory, through eyes of faith you can see that it is Because this isn't a competitive game against each other. This is a cooperative game with Jesus on our team. And he's met every victory condition so that we will join these people who, even though they don't look victorious in our scripture lesson for today, are the ones who were put to death, sawed in two, mistreated. God had planned something better for them and something better for us. They didn't see what was promised, but you can look back in the words of scripture And see that God fulfilled what was promised, that he actually sent the Savior on the cross to rise again for us. And now, together with them, you have been made perfect. You have reached your goal. So wait a second. This, this life here, this life of struggle, this life of fighting against sin, this is victory? Through Christ it is. You are victorious. Amen. Let's pray. Beautiful Savior, Lord of the nations, you teach us to honor the government for the sake of our love for you. In this election year, we pray that you guard our hearts and especially our mouths, that we would be models of citizenship that honors you. On this election day, we pray for rulers and administrators who will respect your word and uphold righteousness. We pray for peaceful and undisputed elections, O Lord. Help us to honor the constituted authorities whom through elections you place over us. Not only do you direct our love toward them, but in our responsibility of voting, you direct us to act from love, not to vote for selfish purposes, but in love for our nation, the general welfare, and those who are weak and helpless. Lord, keep this nation under your care. Guide our hearts according to your will. Grant that we choose trustworthy leaders to serve you in all we do. Amen.
The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look on you with his favor and give you peace. Amen.